evening what's good people we are back and the conversation is continuing and we are continuing this conversation of really tapping into and speaking about relationships today the question is are your relationships healing you or are they hindering you and i um have been actually going back and listening back into some of the old clubhouse rooms that we've done. So if you're not aware yet, you can catch up on any old clubhouse rooms on the Spotify. Um, actually, I haven't put out the last couple of ones, but don't worry, I got you. I'm, I'm gonna update that. Um, however, one thing I noticed is that I've started this conversation about elevating and what it means to elevate. And today I was listening to the podcast called Elevate. So I did a shake the room and it was speaking about elevate. And in order to elevate, relationships are super important. Relationships can really define us, you know, they can lead us further in our journey in a good way, or sometimes they hinder us because of the relationships that we have. They're either like building us up or they're breaking us down. And one of the first things that I always, always, always invite anybody to do when I'm coaching them, when I'm speaking to them, you know, on any of my courses is to really look at something called a relationship circle. And in this relationship circle, I pose the idea that perhaps we all just need the light of the father, the love of a brother, no, sorry, the love of a mother and the care and support of a brother and sister. Now, naturally, you might not have a mom, a dad, a brother or sister that you have a healthy relationship with, or you may not have those people in your life. You might be an only child, you might just have sisters, you might just have brothers. Technically, somewhere along the line, we've all got a mother and a father whether the relationship with them is healthy or not. But one thing that I've always stuck to in all of my relationships, no matter how challenging, no matter how conflicting, no matter how difficult they have been, one idea that has, I personally believe, um, solidified me as a person, Oh, sorry, I got a call, tapped me out for a minute. One thing that solidifies me as a person and has helped me to grow is truly been able to reach for the ability to find love in all of my relationships, regardless to how difficult they are. Now, whenever I invite people to do this, they're like, nope, 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 no, no, Tanya, hell no. Nah. That person does not deserve to be loved or nope, they don't deserve my love or no. And my thing is this, maybe we need to check in with our idea of love. I personally believe every single thing happens for a reason. And that is even if we have got a difficult parent, sibling, family member, friend, whatever. The difference is sometimes what we believe is with our family members, right? We didn't technically choose them. 
However, we can choose our friends. So sometimes if we're in a bad relationship, like intimate relationship, it's easy to walk away. Sometimes it's not. But we can easily identify, you know what? Nah, this doesn't, this isn't for me. This person doesn't respect me. They don't respect my boundaries or you just didn't work out. So we're able to walk away. And it's the same with our friends. Some people have reached a place where they're able to do that with family members. Other people are kind of more stuck in those relationships and it's a little bit harder. One, to walk away. Two, to even identify that it is unhealthy. Or three, you can bounce real quick, but you're not willing to look for the love. So again, one thing that has helped me is been able to always reach for, where is the love? Mama, da, 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 da. What do I mean by that? So first of all, I had to check in with my idea of love. I had to check in with what I called love to be. Was my own idea of love healthy? Was my own idea of love, um, was it made up on a fairy tale? Was it everything that was supposed to be perfect? Because actually I witnessed a lot of things that weren't perfect. Was my idea of love allowing me to be patient? Was it allowing me to be kind? Was it allowing me to be compassionate? And here's the truth, guys. <sighs> it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't allowing me to be patient. It wasn't allowing me to be kind. And yo, compassion, mm -mm, that wasn't in there. And so I had to sit with myself firstly. And the most, one of the most eye-opening things for me was actually recognizing and understanding that, you know what, I actually, and yeah, I know I'm not the only one, but I actually expected love to be perfect, period. That was it. The only love that I wanted was perfection. And perfection was an illusion. It was an illusion that I couldn't even live up to. So how can I expect my parents to have that perfect love? How can I expect my siblings to have that perfect love? My friends, you know, my colleagues, my intimate partners. Was I living something that just was a lie? Oh girl, are you coming up to the stage? Are you coming to speak? Oh, I'm gonna invite you. Anyone, you can come up at any time if you wanna speak, if you wanna offer something to the conversation, you're more than welcome to. However, so when I sat with myself and I realized like, oh my gosh, like, wow, girl, you're lying to yourself. I could then see why it was easy for the relationships around me to be lying to me. Now people don't get that because a lot of people are not willing to sit with their self first. A lot of people are not willing to say like, you know what, what do I expect from relationships? And what I expect from relationships Am I willing, am I willing, like truly willing to be that? And my answer was no. I wasn't a very patient person. It was, yo, this is what I want and this is what I'm gonna get. <laughs> there wasn't much compassion because it was go hard or go home. There wasn't much love, it was more control. And I had prettied it up in the idea of love, but actually when I broke it down, it was controlling. One of my favorite scriptures is love is patient and love is kind. And we don't get it. 
because we live in this world now that has fed to us what's toxic and what we can accept and what we can't accept. But where is the kindness? Where is the compassion? Where is the understanding? Don't get me wrong. That's not me saying, yo, sis, or bro, or king, or queen, accept shit. No. That's me saying have boundaries. But boundaries are not to keep people out. They are to protect what is within. And a lot of people's boundaries in relationships are to keep people out. And you gotta catch it. And I had to catch it. A lot of my boundaries came from the protection, came from an ethos that was like, yo, I do not wanna get hurt. And I, because I don't wanna get hurt, technically I don't trust nobody. If I don't trust people, I was already opening myself up to experience lack of trust because I was thinking about it. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of these thoughts are not conscious. I had a lack of trust because there was people and things around me that I didn't like. And my, I, my mind said to me, that's not right which was fine. My core's cool. My core can tell me, yo, that's not right. And my mind said, I don't want that. I don't want to experience that. But before I sat down and made a healthy idea of what I want, I was so focused on what I did not want. When you focus on something, it comes. Whether good or bad, the rule always applies. When you focus on something, it comes. This is another major thing that I pick up in coaching people. The truth is a lot of us don't know what we're focusing on. We don't know that we're focusing on the fact that we don't trust things. We don't know that we're focusing on the things that, oh my God, I just wanna control things. We don't know that we're focusing on the fact that, yo, I'm expecting a me that I'm not even willing to give. I'm expecting a me that I am not even willing to become. I am hoping that if everything and every relation outside of me represents being perfect, then somewhere along the line, that's gonna show me that I've won, I'm successful, I've achieved. And I just wanna let you know that it's the reverse, baby. It's the reverse. It is, are you willing, like seriously willing to say, yo, what do I want and why do I want it? And I'm talking internally. Because there's one thing about us, right? That we have an internal GPS, a guidance protection system. We have it and it's always activated. The battery never dies, but are we listening to it? Do we have a relationship with our guidance protection system? A lot of the time, the relationship that we have with our internal guidance protection system is locked down, shut off, I don't wanna hear you. And I keep speaking about this in so many different facets, in so many different ways, in so many of my rooms, praying and hoping that someone calls their self out on this, praying that someone calls their self higher in this, praying that somebody prays for themselves that yo let me have a relationship with my inner guidance protection system because a lot of us want to have a relationship with a man outside of us a woman outside of us friendships outside of us but we haven't even sat down and understood the relationship within us we haven't tapped into that feeling 
that feeling that is our guidance. Because ultimately, the reason why I always reach and look for love in every single relationship, no matter how hard it is, because I recognize more and more and more and more that everything, not some things, everything is working out for my greater good. Everything. So when everything is working out for my greater good, how can uncle be a bad person? You understand? How can daddy be a bad person or mummy or brother or sister? Does it mean that I agree with their ways of being hell to the nar? But does it mean that for me, because everything is working out for my greater good, that I cannot find the lesson? But are you willing? And you know what? Some of the most beautiful lessons in life come through pain. Some of the most beautiful lessons come through the most difficult relationships. There was a season where I was experiencing what I would call a toxic relationship. And the reason why I would call it toxic is because the other person I feel just really didn't respect me. And when I looked at that person, I realized, well, you know what? They don't have any boundaries for their self. So they can't have any boundaries for me. I realized that for them, it was okay to have multiple relationships while they was with me and it was okay to lie. Multiple relationships are not okay with me if we didn't agree on that. Lying is never okay for me. Never, never, ever, 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 ever. It's never okay for me to lie. So when there was disrespect, when there was lying, when there was multiple relationships and then a baby was born within our relationship, guess what, guys? It was a wahaho. But guess what? Your girl still stayed. Because of that idea of me wanting to see the love, wanting to reach for the love. And at this point, I was quite accomplished in what I knew about people and coaching and mindsets and all of this stuff so my thing was you know what I can see something in you that you can't see and actually I'm strong enough to deal with this I'm all right it's cool this says less about me and more about you and that's what held me in it that's what stopped me from breaking but at the same time I was like bruh your relationship with what you think you deserve is off my relationship with my self-worth and what I actually deserve was out. Because for me, growing up, many of those things would have been a no. But I had started to speak myself into, you know what? Nothing out here is perfect. Because remember, I'd already gone on this course. I'd already done this course with myself of recognizing, you know, my idea of love. So when this surfaced, I was like, okay, cool, here we go. This is the test. All right, cool, let's go. But you know what? We're going to love because love is always the answer, no matter the question. And I stayed in it. And when it got to the point where I was done, where I was like, no, 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 this, I, I'm done. I'm, I'm always going to stick to love, but I am done. I'm done because my boundaries are being overstepped. 
my boundaries are not even in place. They're, they're just broken down now because I'm taking everything that is outside of those boundaries. And so now I'm disrespecting myself. I am not protecting myself. And it's no one else's responsibility to protect you but you. It's no one else's responsibility to check in with you but you. It's really no one else's responsibility to fully support you but you. And when I G-checked myself, I was like, you're all right. This shit didn't break you. Everything that I thought would have broken me, you know, like cheating or oh, having a baby in a relationship or yeah, all that shit didn't break me. And I was like, whoa, we can take so much more than we, than we think we can. But does it mean that it's right? No. But I was so clear on what's right for me may not be right for another person. What's wrong for me may not be wrong for another person. And one of the most important things that we've got to have in having healthy relationships is communication. And the communication must lead to understanding. Because it's one thing to speak about things. It's one thing to bring things to a table, but it's a completely different level to be able to understand each other. And then through that relationship, I learned like, you know what? I had to go through that because I saw so much of myself. Yo, I was running from love so frigging far that I don't even know what, if anything, could ever have caught me. And all that that person in my eyes was doing was running, running from their self, running from love. Oh, you get too deep, oh, get in tune with another person. Oh, they get too deep, oh, bring in another person. But the truth of the matter is, when you're not willing to look deeper than the situation, it would just be like, oh, they're sick, they're not this, they're not right, they're that, they're whatless, they're dirty, they're, you know, whatever we want to call it to be. But how do we reach a level of understanding? And when I say reach a level of understanding, it never means you need to stay. It just means, are you able or willing to recognize where you might, where life might be giving you a relationship that's gonna teach you compassion? And if life is giving you a relationship that's gonna teach you compassion, guess what, babes? You're gonna get the opposite of that. If life has given you a relationship where you need to learn forgiveness, you're going to have to experience a problem so you can come to learn forgiveness. If life is going to give you a relationship that is supposed to teach you patience, you're going to have to learn difficulties. You're going to have to learn testing times, but we miss it. Because we're so stuck on what the idea of things being perfect that we miss that in the life that we live is actually perfectly designed for us. In each relationship, there's a lesson. I choose to find the lesson or the blessing by holding on to the idea of love. And one of the most amazing things that I did, especially in that toxic relationship, in other relationships which I've done with family members where I do not agree with their ways of being, I refuse to go to hate because that's what a lot of people do. And you know what? That's actually the easy thing to do. 
Moving to hate is easy. I'm sorry to tell y'all this, but it's easy. Holding on to love and moving through love through any season, that's where the work is. And that's the hard part for some of us. And what I chose to do is say, yo, I love you enough to let you go. I love you enough to release you. Some of us face difficult relationships with our children. Some of us face difficult relationships with our parents, our siblings, our loved ones. And some of us are just like, lock off, I'm gone later, see you, bye. And other times, we're holding on, we're holding on, we're holding on, we're trying to make it work, we're trying to make it work, we're trying to make it work. One of the most powerful things that you can do in being able to stop a relationship from hindering you and allowing a relationship to heal you is loving it enough to let it go. You know that saying when it says, if it's for you, it won't miss you. If it's for you, it will come back. But it isn't going to come back when you sit in resentment. And let's not get it twisted. People do things that don't, what people will then say, oh, they don't deserve you. They don't deserve you. They don't deserve that. But in the same sense, preach that they're a Christian, that they're a Muslim, that they're an awakened soul, that they're spiritual. So I'm sorry. Let's check our tongues. Who are we to judge what who and what doesn't deserve? Who are we to judge that? We're so judgmental and we think that it's okay. But then when people are judging us, it's not cool. But are you willing to call yourself out on your own judgment? It's different when you observe something. It's different when you observe and have an opinion. But judgment is not ours. Sometimes we're praying ourselves out of the very relationship, the very situation that's supposed to grow us. We're praying ourselves out of that difficult circumstance that if we just ride it out, and I'm not, this is not me at all saying stay in a toxic relationship. This is not me saying that at all. But what I'm saying is in relationships, they have always been designed so that you can check in the way you relate to something and then move past it. But many of your relationships are not relationships because the ship ain't going nowhere. And the ship ain't going nowhere because you are not willing to look for where the relationship was supposed to take you. Every relationship has a purpose. And some of them we invite in intentionally. I intentionally go into rooms where I can network with people that earn more money than me. I intentionally build relationships with people that have more knowledge than me. I intentionally will go into a relationship, an intimate relationship with a person that sustains me mentally, physically, emotionally, sexually. Do you understand? They are intentional. But because we're not 
we don't feel that we've been intentional about our family relationships. We don't feel that we chose our parents, our cousins, our uncles, our aunts, our children, whoever it may be. And sometimes those are the most difficult relationships. We're not willing to ride it out and say, yo, what did this have to teach me? What did this come to give me? What am I supposed to learn? And I'll give you a clue. Through the ones that are most painful and the ones that are most toxic and the ones that hurt the most, they're the ones where what you are probably supposed to learn is the complete opposite of everything that you're currently experiencing. So if some of you have experienced abandonment, then maybe your lesson Maybe the lesson is to learn love in the purest form, unconditional. If some of you have experienced trauma, and I'm talking about abuse, trauma in a relationship, and there are so many levels of abuse, verbal, physical, sexual, maybe one of the lessons that you're supposed to learn is forgiveness. Because let's talk about it. When we understand these levels of relationships, when it feels like you've been in something where you've experienced less than you deserve, do you know what happens to you on a subconscious level? You start asking questions. You start asking why. You start asking what. And so sometimes some relationships come to stir our souls because it's the only time that we're gonna be able to ask why, because we haven't been intentional in the process before. And I don't believe there's anything that's happened to any soul, no matter what age you are or what age that it happened or what age that it happens that you can't heal from, but healing has to be a choice. Healthy, what does that mean? Heal thy, heal thyself, healthy body, heal thy body, healthy mind, heal thy mind, healthy relationships, heal thy relationship. The answer's there in the word. But are you willing to heal? Or are you gonna let your circumstances, your experiences, your encounters hinder you? But when you sit in the breaking, when you sit in the pain, yo, you start asking. I always say to people, I don't, have you ever been in a relationship or a circumstance or a situation that you legit have had to pray yourself out of? In the Caribbean, you know, sometimes they talk about crosses and, and, and obia and all these things where they talk about people having intentions on you. That's all it is, is intentions. And highest intention wins. But let me tell y'all, there's no higher intention than the intention of love. So when people do try to come with anything other, less than, what happens when you stick to love? 
What happens when you choose love? What happens when you fight to only see love? Babes, you start fighting a different battle. I don't believe that we arrive in anything that we want or desire. Whether that be the six-figure job, whether that be the amazing relationship, whether that be a better relationship with self, what I believe is it's always a journey. And a part of that journey, we're going to pick up some things, we're going to release some things, we're going to pick up some things, we're going to release some things, we're going to dance with some things, we're going to let go of some things, we're going to step into some things, we're going to step out of some things. But it's a journey. And it's a process. And a major part of that journey or process and whatever it is that you're reaching for is the conversation that you're willing to have with yourself. And the reason why we can judge and say, you know what, you deserve better, or that person doesn't deserve you, is because sometimes, more time, a lot of the time, deep within us, we know we're not doing our best. We know we're not choosing love. We know we're not choosing to heal. We know we're not being understanding. We know we're not being patient. We know we're not being kind. We know we're not being compassionate. And we know these things because we see it outside of us. We see reflections of it around us. But again, how often do we say, whoa, where is that in me? Lately, more than ever, I smell a lot of liars. And I don't know why they keep coming up. I don't know why they keep lying. And I sit here and I watch and I'm like, wow, it's so easy for you to lie to yourself. It's so easy for you to lie to other people. And you keep making it a choice over the simplest things. What is that? I am legit like, don't you know my core? It smells it before it comes out of your mouth. Why would you feel the need to lie to me, bro, when I can smell it? And I always say this to my students. I always say this to my clients. I always say this to anybody I'm coaching. My spirit knows a lie. It's not I need an information. It's not I've run checks on you. It is my spirit says, bruh, that is a lie. What is a lie? A limited idea entertained. A limited idea entertained. That's the lie. And so I'm like, right, my girl T, you got to be lying to yourself somewhere. Where the hell is the lie in you? And my lies might not be the same, but my lies might be that I get into certain situations and the easiest thing for me to do is say, oh my God, I'm not good enough. Oh my God, I'm not smart enough. Oh my God, I'm too fat. Oh my God, I'm this. They're the little lies that I tell myself. And the more that I clean them up, the more that I level them up, the more that I call them higher, is the more that certain things are not around me, period. 
maybe around some of you, you might be surrounded by relationships where you gossip and talk about people and things. I do not have any of those relationships because that was a choice. I am not doing that. Yo, it's a full-time job trying to manage myself, let alone manage other people's problems. I don't know what anyone else is doing and I don't care to know. And I say that with chest, even been a coach. I come into your business as a coach, but I'm not staying there because it ain't my business. You got to choose, baby. You choose the life that you want to live. You choose the relationships that you deserve. But that comes from a place of knowing thyself. When you're not choosing to know thyself, look around you and see what you're accepting. See what you're reflecting. See what you're projecting. See what you're entertaining. And one of my boundaries is a no bullshit policy. I said what I said. One of my boundaries is a no BS policy which means around me and my circle, we're gonna be hot. Honest, open and transparent. That is a boundary. If you cannot be honest, open and transparent, it's only a matter of time before your time is up. Because I am fighting and aspiring and practicing and allowing, living my truth my truth, no matter how ugly it is at times, no matter how uncomfortable it is at times, no matter how crazy or wacky or whatever it looks to other people, I don't care. I am going to live my truth. And because that is one of my agreements to myself, it has to be an agreement for all of my relationships. And life will challenge me sometimes. And life will offer me reasons why I need to tap deeper into that because it will present things like liars. And I will smell them a mile off and I will call them out. So my question for you guys as we continue to go on this quest of relationships are, what are you really accepting for yourself? What relationships are really building you up and what relationships are breaking you down? And those relationships that are breaking you down, are they breaking you down because you are carrying too much? Is it the season and the time to love them enough to let them go? And what I love when I say let them go, do you know what I hear? I hear let God, because that's my foundation. But for some of you, that may not be your foundation, but recognize it's the same thing. Let it go, let God. And another thing that I hear on top of that, because I believe that when we take something away, our bodies are always looking for a replacement. If you're ever a smoker and you stop smoking, you'll start eating more. If you've been addicted to something like drugs or different things, it's because you're, you're trying to feed something. You're trying to feed something. I've got a theory, guys. People whose faith is, is, is high, like their own faith, not because their parents drilled it into them, not because their family said this is what you've got to do, but their own personal faith is solid, they'll never have an addiction. 
because you're fulfilled by something greater. You're fulfilled by something deeper. And so when I say let it go, and I say let God, you know what I'm really saying on top of that, because I'm talking about replacing, is let it grow. Let it go and let it grow. If we, those of us that are parents, if we hold our children too tight, if we apply them with too much pressure, if we wrap them up with too much love, if we wrap them up with too much protection, they can't grow. There is some things that they're gonna have to figure out and experience by their self. And that is their growth. And it's the same for anything. If you hold on to your ideas, your dreams, your visions too tightly, you won't let them grow. You won't let them manifest. So you've got to let it go. You've got to let God and you've got to let it grow. And we will come to a place of healing. I don't believe there's anything that's happened to any of us that we can't heal through. But again, that's a choice. That comes with surrounding yourself with the right information. That comes with checking in with your belief systems. That comes with being held accountable. That comes with support. That comes with connection. That comes with love and nurturing. You can heal through everything because everything has always been and will always be working for your greater good. But do you believe it? No, do you really believe it? And I'll just call some of you out. No, you don't. And you don't believe it because you sit in judgment. You don't believe it because you sit in resent. You don't believe it because you sit in doubt. You don't believe it because you still believe that people don't deserve certain things. And the real truth is you believe that you don't deserve. People always deserve love. I offer this to people all of the time. I read a book many, many years ago and it was called, um, what was it called? A Course in Miracles Made Easy. And in the beginning, the author offers the idea that everything, he doesn't even believe in the way that people practice um, certain religions, although he is a religious guy because he believes that we've been fed for so long, the idea of right and wrong, good and bad, up and down. But when you really come into a place of beingness, do you know what you guys recognize? There just is, there just is. And within that is, there's a beingness. That means there really is no wrong, there really is no right, there just is. And I know half of you are like, yo, she's talking shit. Because when this happens, that is wrong. And when that happens, that is right. But that's because you're sitting in your stuff. One of the things that I'm most grateful for is how much my parents allowed me to travel. Traveling changed my mind. Traveling changed my life. 
understanding that different places in the world have different viewpoints. Go, you just need to travel around the world and you will actually learn very quickly there is no wrong and right. For some of us who may be raised in the UK, like being married or having sexual interrelationships, sorry, before 16 is probably wrong, but why? Because somebody has put an age on something that says we are an adult at this age. This is acceptable at that age. Bro, do you know that I've got a three-year-old nephew who is a man? who is like 88, do you know? Oh, y'all didn't know because he walks around in a small body, but y'all didn't know that he's a man. I've actually got about three of them and they're all between the ages of two and three, but they are actually about 88. I'll bring them to the stage one day and I'll let them have a conversation with y'all and you guys will know they are men. <laughs> but society, apparently they are three or two or however old they are. And so society will say to us that we will go through certain things at certain ages. Now, one of my backgrounds is I'm a teacher by, um, through a degree. And in that degree, when we were looking at the age that children go to school, the UK sends children to school at one of the youngest in the whole world. In some other countries where people come out thriving, like who are just naturally more happy, naturally more successful within themselves, they don't go to school until eight or nine. Do you wanna know why? Because at the age of eight or nine, a child comes into their self. The rest of our years we're playing out. So imagine what it would feel like when you're going to school knowing yourself. You've experienced the world through your eyes not necessarily through what people have said it looks like. Their lives are different. Their right and wrongs are different. You go to the places like the Caribbean and relationships as a whole are a different experience. Is it because the population is smaller? Is it because they are technically related along the lines anyways? Does that mean that certain things are okay that we wouldn't accept for ourselves in a bigger country? Sometimes the only thing, more time, all the time that is keeping you stuck is your perspective, is your point of view. And I seriously invite some of you to move that pin. You know, when you look at a map or these navigation systems and there's a pin as to where you wanna go, that pin is limiting some of you because you're not opening your minds. You're not extending your views. You're not willing to be like, you know what? Some of my sisters had difficult relationships with their children's fathers. And I would always say to them, always. Now just imagine if you grew up with the parents that they had and the circumstances that they had and the life that they had, would your view be different? And they don't always accept it at first, but we get there. And the truth of the matter is, judgment is not ours, but we can allow ourselves to understand. And in understanding, it doesn't mean that we have to accept everything. But when you come into acceptance with self, the game changes. Some people make decisions that you will not make because guess what? They live a life that you do not live. 
Who are we to judge? And what happens when we really start to say, you know what? Let's have a relationship of understanding. Let's have a relationship of integrity. Let's have a relationship of respect. Or we're going to keep disrespecting ourselves and disrespecting people and disrespecting the spaces and the networks and the environments and the things that have been sent to help us because we want to sit on our judgments in our stuck point of views and lies. I didn't come to play no games this year. One thing I'm feeling a do for the rest of my life is speak my truth. And if my truth helps somebody else find their truth, then that's good enough for me. But what I won't do is lie to myself. And what I won't do is lie to other people. And what I won't do is sit on the fence thinking that somebody else is going to elevate or level up my life to a place that I'm not even willing to take myself. I'm going to keep stepping. I'm going to keep breathing life into new ideas and new things and new ways of being and new concepts. Because I don't know how long we've got here. But I'm going to be damn sure that I make this experience the best one yet. And I know it's going to come with some uncomfortable conversations. I know it's going to come with some painful experiences. But I also know it's going to come with joy. Yo, joy, that I feel it in my bones. Happiness, that no other person gets to fill that position. No relationship is the deciding factor of my happiness. No circumstance, no place, no job, no child, no partner, no thing decides upon my happiness. That's my full-time job. And I'm the CEO of that department and no one else ain't ever getting as close to taking that position. That's the kind of relationship that maybe if we're willing to have, everything changes. And in this book, A Course in Miracles, and the writer offers two principles. He says, perhaps, Every interaction is either an act of love or a call for love. That changed the game for me. It was no longer what are people doing to me. It was no longer how painful can it be. It was no longer how bad is it. The conversation changed in my head. And when the conversation changed in my head, the circumstances changed in my life. And when the circumstances changed in my life, the relationships around me started elevating because the relationship within me was different. Whenever anything was painful, it was easy for me. Wow, it's just a call for love. Then I had a, then I had a, a moment to sit with myself, Tanya, are you willing to answer that call for love? And guess what guys, sometimes it weren't my business to answer the call. 
So guess what? I love it enough to let it go. But other times I was able to answer the fact that it was just a call for love. It wasn't them hurting me. It was a call for love. And it didn't matter how much times I tried to offer love. I couldn't give them that answer. So again, let it go. And the more that I started answering these call for loves, at least identifying, wow, that's just a call for love. Wow, that's just a call for love. You know, these acts of love, bruh, they came in heavy, baby, heavy. The love that I began to be surrounded by, the truth that I began to be surrounded by, it was just absolutely incredible. And it still is. My birthday was a perfect example because I choose to sit in a position daily where I'm able to recognize, okay, cool. That's an act of love. That's a call for love. That's an act of love. That's a call for love. But it doesn't matter what it is. It's only those two things. One thing you guys will hear me say a lot in these rooms or in my coaching sessions or anywhere that you hear me speak is, I hear one thing, one statement. My personal love language, one of my top love languages is words of affirmation. But I hear one statement and that one statement I run with. I don't need a bag of things. I'm not glutton, I'm not greedy. I practice one principle at a time and I run with it. And I allow it to shift my core and I allow it to shift my belief systems. And I allow it to anchor me. Some of us are anchored in bullshit. And it's continuous. Oh, I continuously see myself as less. So when this happened and that happened and daddy happened and mummy happened and uncle happened, it's made me think that I was, bro, you said it a million times. Yo, fix your anchor. Oh, but I was doing well and then blah, 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 triggered me. Are you not bored? Record yourself. And then listen back and wonder how often you sound like a stuck record. Your relationships. All of your relationships are a direct reflection of one relationship. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And that's the truth. How you do one thing is how you do everything. So how are you doing everything? How are you doing everything? I pray that you guys, we all, including myself, allow ourselves to experience healthy relationships because we're willing to do the healing and that healing starts with us. We're willing to sit with ourselves. We're willing to trust that we're entitled to opinions. We absolutely are and I love opinions. I love conflicting opinions. I love opinions that make you sit and question yourself. I love opinions where we don't agree because I walk away and I think, I love all of that. But are we judging? That's a difference. And are we even recognizing that 
the most painful relationship maybe is a reflection of us. Are those painful circumstances in the relationships just a call for love? Does that make it feel lighter? Does that give you an option? Does that give you freedom? Does that allow the track to stop going on replay? And are you willing to answer that call for love? Because something in you has called that experience to you. So are you willing to ask yourself, what in me is calling this experience to me? What in me is gonna help me grow? So we in the building, my guy Yan is in the building. Before I bring him up, cause he's just got in now to have a conversation with y'all. Any of you queens or kings that are in the room that wanna ask any questions, make any statements on any single thing that I said before he comes up and shares his tea with y'all, please do, please don't be shy. Please don't think, oh my God, Tanya is on that stage shouting at me. And if I am, let's go, come up to the stage and tell me why am I shouting at you? What is speaking to you? What parts of you do you need to address? What in this message did you need to hear? Because one of the most powerful things that I found in these clubhouse rooms is when the conversation is real, is when the conversation is transparent, is when the conversation is hot. And one thing that I've realized in these last couple of weeks is, bro, I could talk for days. <laughs> But it's better talking to someone. <laughs> it's better understanding. It's better chopping up. I know that I can drop you guys some knowledge and give you guys some tea and hopefully um, share some of my wisdom and skills with you guys. But at the same time, I'm a dope ass coach. So if you want to come to the stage and you want to bring something to the forefront, let's go. Oh, gosh, they're coming. Keep coming. Come up. Don't be shy now. Good evening, Miss Kirsty. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm great, Queen. Tell me, what's good? I only came way part way through, but um, I know that it's something I need to work on because I know through what I did here, you know, when my face does that thing with the lines in the forehead <laughs> and the push out thing with my mouth, and that, oh, she's talking to me again. And the voice starts coming in my head. And I'm just like, okay. I'm going to take it in, and it's funny with my relationship at the moment, I feel like I'm not making the effort I need to, and I'm being quite distant, mm. and I realise that where I am trying to work on myself, I haven't learned to multitask on how to work on myself and work on my relationships. I haven't grasped the concept that you keep saying, work on yourself, and then everything else that you said outside of you will start to reflect that. And as much as I'm working on myself and what I am, I'm doing some work, not all work, but I am doing some work. But certain relationships aren't changing. I'm just like, well, what is this? Mm. What is this? Um, but no, there's a lot that you said, and I just wanted to say that my face did that thing, my body did that thing, it did that defense thing, so it'll be something I'll look into later, because we know what that means. You know that thing where I said, I love you enough to let you go? It's so powerful. The reason why some of your relationships won't shift is because you won't do that. You won't let it go. I have to... No, I agree with that. There are certain relationships that I hold on to. I literally hold on to them for dear life, whether they serve me or not, whether 
it served its purpose, run its course, however long you want to see it. I'll never see any relationship I had as a waste of time. I'll honestly put my hands up and say that. It might take me a while to see the lesson, but I'm the one holding on to it, and I find it because I feel like it's taken me so long to build those relationships, and then they're already ready to, what's the word? Get the fuck out of her. loves you so much and it has your back i hear three things one it probably wasn't in here in the beginning but i was talking about love being patient and i got a feeling just my senses um on a scale of zero to ten how patient do you say that you are there we go another thing that i'm hearing loud on a scale of zero to 10, how controlling are you? Oh. Shall we say an eight? We'll say an eight. Okay, an eight. Mm. So you've got this internal, because when I say our, reflect, our relationships outside of us are a reflection of things inside of us. In the beginning, I was talking about the truth that I had to go to with what I thought love was. And my truth, quite frank, was that love needed to be perfect, period. You don't get room to make no damn mistakes. <laughs> you better bring your A game and yeah, because I'm feeling to bring my A game. But in all of that, I found I wasn't patient. I was trying to control, had serious trust issues, serious. I don't trust nobody. What? I don't trust you, bro. I don't trust nobody. So in all of that, ultimately, what I was doing was severely, what I thought was healthily protecting myself. Technically, I was pushing everything away. Pushing everything away. But at the same time, wanting to be loved, wanting love. But my core was like, don't trust people. I ain't got time for bullshit. You step correct or you step away. And so when that all surfaces, it can look real dysfunctional. It can look like, I don't know, cheating. It can look like lack of communication. 
It can look like a lot of things that do not serve me. But it was all happening outside of me, perspectively, right? But there came a point where I had to sit and be like, yo, T, you ain't really got no patience. T. Mine wasn't necessarily control. Mine was a genuine, I don't care. It was an I don't care in a sense of, I love so much that I don't want to hold on to anything that doesn't feel good. So that becomes, I don't care. But you see how that reads, I'm able to crack on, I'm able to do me, I'm able to K-I-M, keep it moving. To people that love me, that can sometimes feel to them like I'm pushing them away, like I don't need them. And let's face it, we all need to be needed. We all like to feel needed. If we're in a relationship and we don't feel like we're contributing, we don't feel like we're adding, we're not staying in that relationship. Whether that is a friendship, whether that is a parent, whether that is a child, whether that is an interrelationship, we all want to feel like we're contributing. And as much as we're contributing, we're getting something back. But here's the plug, Kirsty. This is where the truth comes. We've got to be willing to really, truly, honestly, and deeply say to ourselves, yo, what am I giving? And a lot of the time, because of our own experiences, because of our personal truths, because of what we have gone through that may not have dealt with or what we have gone through but made mean something, we are giving out. I don't trust people, so don't get close to me. Yo, I'm controlling, so, so it's going to be my way or the highway. Yo, I don't listen, bro. And when we're giving out these signals of us, we're getting back conflict. But again, because we're not doing the work, and when I say not doing the work, because we're not fully just allowing ourselves to be, we're still trying to control our process. Because we're trying to control our processes, everything around us is trying to control us. And I'm kind of saying, just be. I'm saying, just be. No, Cece, you invited yourself. So maybe you got something to say. Anybody else got anything to say? I love, I love Kirsty because Kirsty's very, she's, she's hot. She'll come up, she'll drop herself in. She'll say, yep, this is what it is. And it's a great opportunity to maybe hear something that you haven't heard before, to maybe feel something that you haven't felt before, to maybe understand something. And, and for some of us, one of the biggest challenges in relationships is that we want to understand so bad. We want to understand so bad that we don't understand anything at all. And again, that's where I'm talking about letting go. That point right there, understanding everything else that you said yes i was just thinking yep that's me right that's me that's me in that reflection there but then you just hit understanding i wasn't really going to say anything else but that's the biggest issue it's feeling misunderstood and not understanding the people well i would say people around me people situations i would like to think i've got a really good level of understanding until the situation unfolds and then it's like you didn't understand nothing right nothing. There you go. And the point is, the reason why I spoke about understanding for you is because I can hear it. When we want something so bad, right, we naturally, a lot of the time, attract the opposite. 
I feel in you, you want to be understood so bad. And at the same time of you wanting to be understood so bad, you want to understand so bad that all you're doing is creating more resistance. What you're really saying to the universe is, I don't understand, I don't understand, I don't understand. So the universe is giving you lack of understanding. But when you just let it go, when you really start using what a lot of people say so effortlessly, but you practice it as a principle, as in it is what it is, nothing more, nothing less. It just is what it is. We stop attaching meanings to the end. We stop attaching a story, a paragraph, a book. We just let it be. Kirsty, that will change the game for you. Yeah, I know. It's another thing about side validation for me as well, that understanding, needing to be understood. It's, okay, what, what would actually happen to me? I sat here and thought about this this week. What would happen to me if no one understood me? If no one understood me ever in life, which is not, it's not true, there is always some level of understanding whether I see it or not, and relatability and the fact that people go through a lot of the same things I go through, and you're like, oh my God. So I know that's not the case, but I did have to sit here and say, if no one understood me, what would that mean? Because I feel like no one understands me. It technically wouldn't change anything now. So what is there left to change other than the way I'm going about things? Right. And that's it. Hold yourself accountable to letting things be. That song, Let It Be, is serious. Listen to the lyrics of it. Just let it be. There was many things that I reached a point of where it was like, you know what? I don't understand. I don't understand that behavior. I don't understand that thinking. Even lies, I don't understand lies, bro. But guess what? I ain't got time to understand them either. I don't want to understand them. I'm going to let it be. And sometimes that's where the freedom is, that letting go. And a lot of us don't get to that place because bad relationships or an old relationship or a past relationship makes us have a certain idea, a certain belief, and we carry it. And it affects every other relationship, period. Uh, I could agree on that. Good evening, sir. Well, it's good afternoon to you. How are you? They're good, guys. Meet my friend. His name is Yan. So he's going to offer us some of his tea today. Um, so I know that you've rushed in from work to join us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, just before I speak to you, I just want to see if Cece's got anything to say, and I'm going to come back to you. So, Cece, what's good? Not a thing. I've got nothing to say. I don't even know why this lady keeps inviting me up. I didn't find anything. So, go right ahead. It's your Thank spirit. You. Your spirit is calling for something. I'm all right, thanks. You didn't hear nothing? I'll, I'll wait until Jan speaks and then I might come back. <laughs> okay, so Jan's in the building and he's joining us from Sunny Anguilla, guys. Um, I like Jan and I invited him to this conversation because you can tell me if I'm wrong, but in my opinion, when it comes to you and relationships, you've experienced a little bit different to what some of the ladies in the room may expect a man to say. So we've had a couple men in the room, we've had a couple guys speaking and um, over the last couple of weeks and they were like the 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 ideal kind of things that we wanted to hear from a man, right? But a certain thing in me 
makes me believe that you believe women ain't shit. <laughs> because you've been the giver in the relationship. You've been the person going hard and you've been hurt. So tell us. Trust me. Um, I must say it, it hasn't been a happy world. I must be honest with that. But I, and I must say, like, thanks, Tanya, for always being there for each and every one of those bad relationships. <laughs> That's okay. But, I got you. Yeah, man. But like Tanya said, I'm going to give up. I give uh, my all uh, to the point where I forget myself. Um, and it's very sad to say, but even to the point of my own child. And, um, that's something that I hate about myself, but at the same time, it's something that I can't really control because it's the type of person that I am. But I'm tired of using that as a as an excuse because I just feel like, I mean, I would be me, I would always be me. And no matter how much bad relationships I go through, uh, no matter what people do to me, I always remain me. So it's like, and I know my flaws, I know, where I struggle, I know my little problems, you know. But at the same time, I just feel like I am not appreciated as much as, you know, I appreciate people I don't receive as much as I give. And those things used to always, uh, like, mess me up the real way. I used to always think, like, something is wrong with me, what it is, or something wrong with people. And like Tanya said, I just start forgetting about it, start letting go, um, just be me, I'll still be the same person. Hold up, hold up, hold up, wait, 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 wait. Because I know the women are sitting down there quiet today, but guys, did you not just hear what a man said? I'm not quiet, now I know why God said, your phone come to the stage. Let's go. Okay. Because, Jan, my thing is, right, in my experience of the hundreds of women that I've spoken to, I don't feel that a lot, they would feel, and they can come up to the stage and, and say whatever they want to say, but I don't feel like it's often felt from a woman's point of view that a man gives their all and leaves their self empty, right? So you raised a point to say, <laughs> see? You raised a point to say, to even um, in terms of your child, what do you mean when you yeah. said that? As in like, I would, okay, the last relationship that I had, I made a choice to go Miami when I could have go think it's understand so stuff like that. I would beat up myself for, you know what I mean? I'll be like, ooh, ooh, wait, 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 hold up, hold up. Wait a minute, women. So his <laughs> child lives in St. Kitts. He could have paid a flight to go to St. Kitts and been there for his child. And he paid a flight and went to be with a woman and it didn't turn out good. Now, wait, okay, just on that point, that's where I would roast you. Because if I was your baby mother, that would have me pissed. I would be in my feelings. I would be like, what do you mean? <laughs> Stupid, and I must say, 
selfish in a way because um like i said i, I could have actually go take some time out and go you know sink it and then like with all the shit that's going on and sink it's no and they cannot go sink it so it's like wow you know mm. so and that's the thing I don't know. But I, I love the fact that you're calling yourself out on a bad decision, on a bad choice. Oh, yeah. Because I feel I like that. sometimes that's all that a woman wants in a man is they just want them to tell the truth. They just want them to say like, yo, I made a bad move. I messed up, but actually mean it. Not like, oh, babe, I'm so sorry. Buy me some flowers because you cheated on me. Buy me to or send me to a hotel. Can I ask, though, can I ask if things had worked out, when you went to Ooh. Miami, do you think Ooh. your viewpoint would be the same? Sorry? If things had worked out when you chose to go to Miami and not send kids, do you think mm-hmm. your viewpoint would be the same? Oh, yes, in a way, because I that that's something that's been troubling me for a while. So it was like, and then for me to make that same mistake again, that was like the breaking point. Like, you know, like, nah, you really need to get your shit together because... It's like, okay, I wouldn't say that I would put my son last. My son always comes first. That's for sure. But I was just, I, I, I get blinded, you know, I get distracted by certain things. So the attention that I would want to give him or should be giving him, like I do all the time, it get a little, you know. And you know what? That was one of my fears being a baby mother. One of my biggest fears in having kids was, if it didn't work out, I don't want no man choosing a woman over his kids. That was something that I was like, I do not want to experience that. And so when I see people making those decisions, I would just like to ask, like for, for me, for a mother, right? I, I don't get to just wake up and think, what's Tanya on today? What's Tanya got to do? Do you get what I mean? Like. I'm, I'm consciously putting myself first, right? However, every single, not some, every single decision I make, I have to think about my children, every single. And I just wonder, for a man, does your brain actually think like that? Because a lot of the time, you're, you might not be living with the child anymore, which obviously in your case, you're not. So yeah. it's very different. You can wake up every day and, and live your life and not worry about, oh, has that child got to school on time? If they got a roof over their head, they get into their activities. Yeah, you see, you feel me? So how, how do we bring the relationships, even when we're separated, right, of parenting? I, I, I always say to my children's father, like, you will never understand what it feels like until you have to have your kids full time because we live different lives. But at the same time, I would be like, you're choosing women over your children. Like, do you even see it like that? I mean, no, like, no, no, but like I said before, I used to always see it in certain things that I used to do. And I used to always think back because one thing about me, I might make my mistakes, you know, as all humans, but I, I would always sit down, analyze my shit and own up to it. So it's like, my relationship with my son ain't the best. Right? And you know, well, you know the situation towards that. But it's like, I would try to do it. You know what I mean? And I do try. At the same time, it's hard because you don't really have a bond or relationship. And can I just, so like, on yeah, that point, because people in the room don't know, I know. So uh-huh, just yeah. briefly, yeah, let them know like what happened with the relationship with your child and 
just so we have some insight. <laughs> okay, um, so I was 17 at the moment when it happened. Um, I just lost my mom, and then a couple months after, I got a son, and I was very, like, you know, out of it. I didn't even know what to do at the moment because, like, mom gone, child coming, like, what the fuck, I on a 17? I want to go to school, I want to walk, I want to party, you know, thinking about everything, and it's like, you know, so it was like, the my child mom was very controlling and very selfish, straight up, she's a good baby mama, I'll never like say, you know, but she's very selfish, she got her ways, like everybody do, and she wanted to force me to like, be a dad when I didn't know how to, so, Instead of her like trying to help me out because she's older than me and she got other kids too. So instead of her like trying to help me to figure out stuff, especially through the situation that I was going through was not, she decided to make things harder for me and she just went with my son and I didn't see my son till he was like five years old. Oh God. Wow. Whoa. So, yeah. Um, no, it's just trying to build something with him. Can I ask, in that moment when you lost your mum, so your mum died when you were quite young and you was with an yeah. older lady, she's quite a bit older, right? Yeah. Okay. If I ask you now, was there a part of you that maybe wasn't conscious at the time, but maybe in reflection was looking for that love that you wish you would have got from your mum in her? Every, every relationship I went and I've been looking for that love. And I Come figured on. that out and through the last relationship I was in. Come on. Like and that that exactly what it is. I just looking for mother love and old Ah, You know why I love that? Because that's what that's what us women are doing. We're looking for our daddies. You understand? We're looking for the love that our dad gave us or didn't give us, you know? We're looking for we're either looking for a man to kind of reform that idea or make it better. And a lot of the time this isn't conscious. And this is why I love that you're in this conversation because I feel a lot of the women in the room don't hear this opinion from men. Like, you know me and you know that a lot of my friends are male. So my perspectives are very different um, and we chop up. We have these conversations all of the time. Um, but I think for women to hear this level of honesty, for women to hear this level of vulnerability, we, that's what a lot of women are yearning for in a man, that level of vulnerability. But on the flip side, there are many women that take advantage of that. There are many women that can like, if whether it is they just want dick, whether it is they want a child, whether it is they also just need to be loved because their daddy wasn't there or didn't give them their love. We're out here loving so unhealthily. We're hindering each other. And it's wild because I've spoken to you in seasons where I would say you're probably broken. Mm -hmm. Like legit heartbroken. But guess what? A lot of us women think men ain't even got a damn heart. Like, what the hell are you doing heartbroken? <laughs> Trust me, we get broken. And and you witnessed that because my last relationship was very messed up for me because I, okay, I, I've been in probably four relationships altogether. Like, yeah, four relationships. The longest relationship I've been in is six years. And I was about to marry that girl. Like, 
I was ready for that shit. You know what I mean? Like your whole family and everything. But things didn't work out. Can I ask you something just before you go on? Yeah. As a man, why was you ready to marry that particular woman? Because everything seemed to be perfect. Because, okay, we was together for six years, yeah, but we only started living together, like, for three years. And in those three years living together, we realized a lot. So it's like, everything be sweet, you know what I mean? Apart and stuff, dating. But once you get serious to, like, you know, to be committed or what's not, are living with each other, it's like, yo, you really get to, how to say, like, read the person, know the person. Like they say, come see me and come live with me is two yeah. very different things, right? Yeah, <laughs> can, I, can I really wake up every day for the rest of my life with this girl? Like, I start asking myself those questions. And she started asking herself the same. So, I mean, the breakup, I mean, I'm sorry, the breakup wasn't that nice, but we, to a level of understanding, where right now we are, like, good friends, you know? But do you think that you run away from... Was it fear that that you was then asking those questions? Because sometimes we actually find the right thing. We actually find the thing, and I don't know if it's perfect, but it's perfect enough, you know. And it and it feels honest, good. To be honest, sorry. If okay, like, and that's something me and I was talking about the other day, and it's like this. I wasn't ready for her type of relationship. Tell me more. If I want to be quite, if I want to be quite honest with myself right now, I wasn't like ready because she was forcing like I didn't even want to say the word like no disrespect nobody but that bitch had her foot down. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> she was. In it, like, yo, you know what I mean? She so, was one of them controlling ones because we, we, um, I tend to have a lot of them in my audience sometimes, them controlling women, you know, and um, she was, <laughs> she, was, she was to the point where we was living together, and let's say I come from work, you know what I mean, and both, and that's okay because I used to come home before her, so when I come home, I do what she gotta do, so when she come home, she just relax, whatever, but. That was just like my, you know, vibe of showing appreciation. Okay, you come home from tired again, but my boys chill out, play basketball, go studio. All right. So to say quality time, we wasn't spending a lot of that. Okay, hold on a minute, because I'm feeling to get you married. So you what? You would come home from work and do all the stuff. So when she came in, she didn't need to do anything. Mm, yeah, just relax. Sorry, what's your number? Oh seven wait. <laughs> <laughs> After this day, that's just me because it's like I'm very fair, and my mother always taught me to be there. My mother always like, okay, let, let me put it this way: my parents broke up when I was young, and my mother always taught me like how she would want a man to treat her. But at the same time, she always taught me how a woman should treat me. So she always gave me the vibe like it's okay for you to help out, it's okay for you to cook, it's okay for you to clean, it's okay for you to one day wash the damn clothes. So I grew up with that kind of mentality. And I'm not Prince Charming. I got my ways. I'm very fucked up. I got stupid attitude and I'm ready. So all of that comes with that, you know what I mean? So, (laughs) 
Yeah, so I'm loving the honesty. I'm I'm here for this. Like I'm just loving yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very blunt and honest. So you know that I am. Like, You're Anguillian. It's blood. okay. It's in our blood. Yes. <laughs> so it's like okay, with the same girl, whatever. She her problem was that we're not spending a lot of time together. You're spending more time with your boys than with me. So it was like my response is to always be, but we live together, we sleep together. And she was like, that's not the point. You just watching that. I, I want you to watch the small things like let's stay home, cuddle, let's stay home and chill. And I'll be like, what more chilling do you really want to do when I come back home and we just cool watch TV and fall asleep? Don't get me wrong, we go to dinners, we used to do all of that, the whole vibe. But to me, it was like she just wanted too much. Oh God. So I mean I got some questions, including Tuguni. Have any of you guys got anything to say? Tuguni, you had your hand up, honey. You could you have to um press the mic at the bottom of your screen and then we'll be able to hear you speak. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Let me just yes. say, take my number, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one, yeah. Take my trust your friends if i'm being honest no do you trust do you trust like do you have like loving trusting relationships with like family members like on a scale of uh 50 to 100 are your relationships with your family members like a good 100 or are they more mm, less than 50 when it comes to trust Right. So I love this because my thing is this, like Jan said, and I love that both of you are on the stage right now. And you said, Sigourney, I think that what I hear in a lot of relationships and guys, I'm going to tell you how I got to this place, honestly, is that we give so much or we accept so much because we've put ourselves dead ass last. And the way that I learned to understand that about myself is because I was in a relationship for 10 years and obviously um towards the last year it was just like we were living in the same house but we weren't there was no conversation there was no communication we were like strangers and one day I just found the courage because it took courage and I was just like what's going on 
Now, one thing about a woman, you know, you know when someone's cheating, you know when they're messing about, you know when something isn't right. And I didn't have the feeling like it was cheating, but I was just like, this isn't it. This isn't, this isn't us forever. And at the time I was engaged to him. And I said, what's going on? And basically he responded, I just don't love you anymore. I didn't even feel hurt because I was so numb. I had two kids for you. I lived this life like only one man is ever going to be with me, period. Like only one man, only one man. So he was the only man I'd ever been with. I had two children for him. He was like, this is it. And at that point, when he said, I don't love you, I did, it didn't even hurt me because I was numb. I'd stopped feeling, I'd stopped believing, I'd stopped trusting, I'd stopped connecting, I'd stopped flipping, caring. I was just merely existing. I was just going through the motions of this thing called life, apparently. And that was the best thing that anybody could have done to me. I say this all the time, not that he'd done anything to me because he didn't, but ultimately it made me sit with myself and go, rah, I don't love myself. I don't even know we had to love ourselves. I didn't know we had to love ourselves. What, who told me that? No one told me I had to love myself. Like what? Someone had to love me, but I didn't have to love me. Do you get what I mean? I didn't know I had to love me. What did I need to love me for? I didn't know that. I was available to love other people. I was always a loving, kind person, but I never offered that back to myself ever. You know, you know what a problem be too is like we give so much and our expectations, like yo, we expect so much from the person. Just just cause it's like, okay, I'm being this way with you, I'm being that way with you. Why well, you just can't give that back at least like a fucking fifty percent back, like <laughs> something. Mm. So I mean when years pass you do get numb. And you do feel yeah, like, you know, whatever. But at the same time, to me, it's like, it's how you handle it. A thousand like, percent. You gotta, love, you, you gotta love yourself because it's like, okay, my last um, breakup was stupid, whatever. And, you know, and some good friends of mine, you know, like, I always kept me uplifted or whatever. But at the same time, I had to really look, like, pull up my fucking socks and be like, yo, use the shit you in the problem you are nice you are loving you know what you could offer they just can't handle that shit. Ba, 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 ba. And, and, and you and you told me that shit one day two times and yeah because that, i was you, like you know I mean? yeah like, it's like, the same thing i was talking about listen when we attract because because we're so giving sometimes right we our light attracts parasites when you leave a light on in the dark moths run around the light it's the exact same for you but because we stick to sometimes being so blinded that we're giving, we're giving, we're giving, we're loving, we're loving, we're answering that call for love, like I was talking about earlier, we keep answering it, answering it, answering it. We're not checking our own perimeters. Do you understand? And then we feel bad. And I'm like, no, you, the, the, when we're talking about like people don't deserve you, right? It's not because people don't deserve you, but you know what the truth is? They have an internal belief system that says, this is too good to be true or I don't deserve this. So then automatically they mess it up. 
they do something to mess it up. But the crazy, the saddest thing about it, without awareness, we let that mean something about us. Yo, the stories I created when he told me he didn't love me, bro, I was the fattest, ugliest, everything that was the lowest of the lowest of the lowest, that was me. Because I had given everything. It might have taken me some time because with a woman, I'm not, no, I'm not gonna just give you everything because I don't know you like that, bro. Mm -mm. I'm gonna protect myself. But when I feel safe and I love you, I'm gonna give you everything. I'm gonna open up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you in. And if I let you in and you um, disrespect that, or, nah, you ain't getting the same version of me. And it took me a long time to recognize that I then can't carry that to another place. You know, I have to heal through that. I don't make that be the end or the beginning of my life. I have to hold myself accountable to be my own cheerleader. So I love that you were cheering for yourself. Like, yo, you're the shit, bro. <laughs> yes, more of that energy. This is half the problem. And the more that I listen to people and hear people and delve into this conversation about relationships, a lot of us are in relationships unhealed. And we're carrying our brokenness into relationships. Yep. We're projecting our brokenness onto other people. We are looking we at... Heal. There you go. We're looking at everything through broken eyes. So when we see brokenness, when we see damage, we're wondering why. But our lens is not healing. And the thing is, we're attracted to that same thing that we are. Do you understand? So when we're broken, we're attracted to brokenness and we don't even know it because like you said, our eyes, our lenses are dirty. When we're unhealed, we're attracted to trauma and dysfunction. And it, I'm telling y'all, it come pretty, pretty, pretty. And all the ladies in the room, it comes with good debut. Or for the men, it comes with good pum pum. That's it. So you skip all of the other stuff and now you're lying down with somebody that you should never have been involved in. And we stay there. And this is exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Go ahead, Bill. So I am a fixer. And it comes back to, like, being broken. You, like, in my past relationships, I've always been the giver, the giver, the giver. Um, because I see something broken and I want to fix it. And I've been in relationships with broken men all the time. And I'm like, come to me, come to me. I want to fix you. I want to heal you. I want to, you know, look after you and make you a better human. And in all of that time, I look back now and I'm like, girl, you were broken yourself. Like, what were you trying to do? Fixing a man when in all of that time you were breaking yourself and you just break yourself even more trying to fix somebody else that broke you even more. And then we have the audacity to be a grown woman and go on a self-love journey and say, we're not looking for a project. <laughs> exactly. And then in, in all of that, you, it comes back to expectations again. And it's like, I had this expectation that they were going to love me. They were going to do this. They were going to do that. But in reality, what did I do to myself? I went and found a man that was just as broken as me, if not even more broken, allowed him to break me because I didn't do what I needed to do for myself in that time. And just like, what, now making all these excuses and all of these things and trying to heal from the brokenness that I've got I've both through. Honestly, we're not Bob the Builder. For you, you say that. <laughs> for, for you, she said that. Because it's like the same thing with my past relationship is like this girl was so broken that she didn't know how to really love herself like 
as Seposa for who she really is. And it's not, you don't know how to love the other person either. Yeah, so, so I'm going like, to go deeper, and I'm actually going to say this starts from way before this. This starts from our relationships with our parents. 100%. Every single man I that I got with, I was looking for my dad. Except I wasn't specific. I didn't say I want these parts of my dad, you know, the parts I actually bloody like. Do you understand what I mean? Yes, and I think that when we say, I remember when I had to swallow, because I had to swallow it, guys, the idea that some of the men I was attracting were like my dad, because no, 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 nah, son, you, 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 not your daughter, no, you are not like my daddy, okay? <laughs> and I had to go a bit deeper sometimes, because some of that acceptance was seriously uncomfortable, I'm not going to lie. But when I found the traits that perhaps I needed, that I wasn't having, oh, my mama's coming to the stage, um, the traits I needed that I didn't want to accept, or perhaps maybe I just wanted, you know, there's one thing that I always say to a guy, right? And I say, listen, I come from a big family and I'm used to sharing love, but the one thing I ain't feeling to do is share a man. I am not sharing a man. I share everything else. I am not sharing a man. And it got to a point where I had to stop saying that because I think it made them... I don't know, maybe it intrigued them. And after my little toxic type of relationship, I attracted the complete opposite relationship where this person wanted to shower me with so much love, bro. I ran so far. I ran so quick because it made me feel sick. It actually made me feel sick. But actually what it made me recognize is, oh my God, I'm going to hurt you. I told them straight, I am going to hurt you. Because in that numbness of me not necessarily fully healing, I really didn't give a shit. I genuinely didn't give a shit. But at the same time, my love for myself was high. And I feel like sometimes, regardless to what season you're in, you're always going to be attractive whether that's attracted to the right things or attracted to the wrong things, you are going to be attractive, period. But if you don't have that relationship with self, you end up in some things which just ain't for you for a lifetime. They're for a reason, they're for a season, but they definitely are not for a lifetime. And more time, like I've been saying from the beginning of this conversation, we are missing the reason, yo. We're missing the season. And we're holding on to shit for a lifetime. And that's what's got us so messed up. Miss Tina, grand evening. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I was I was multitasking, so I was in another Zoom meeting. So Hi, mom. My ears was in two places. Hey, I came because I heard you speaking and I thought, Jesus almighty, um, <laughs> what are we going to do? I wanted to ask Claudine the question because, you know, those of you that know, know that she runs a parent, a conscious parent in room. And I think to some degree, maybe because I was on Clubhouse this morning, speaking about the relationship circle, speaking about the love of a mother. And when I'm hearing Jan, and I, I know I kind of heard that 
he lost his mum. I don't know what age he was at. But it felt like such a responsibility for me to speak to my son, who's made 18. Because even though um, Tanya and Claudine tell me to drink my water and grease my scalp, I um, observe my son's relationships. And I don't know who teaches a man how to be a man. And I say that because some of what I'm hearing Jan say and, and speak about, you know, I know he's saying he's a good person, whatever, but, you know, I feel like I, as a mother, it's making me look at the relationship that I will have with my son. I'm a single parent. I'm bringing up a son by myself. Although I have some good male friends, they have their own children, they have their own. So it's just that those conversations as a mother that I could have with my son so that he doesn't be the type of man that I have seen come around my daughters, that I still see coming around my younger daughters. And yeah, vice versa. It's like the, for those women to have that mother speak to them about being a mother. It's nice to hear um, Jan say that this the, the um, lady that he has the son with is a good mother. But it's like the relationships are really broken in the community, in, in life in general. And I'm just hearing that in the conversation, the brokenness of it. And you know what's amazing and what's beautiful is the fact that there was another speaker who was meant to join us today, but they couldn't. And we pray that they get here next week. Um, but it was a couple. And one of the things that we often speak about is not everybody who's a good parent is good in a relationship. Or not everybody who is a good in a relationship is a good parent. And when we're making choices of having like children or marriage, these are lifetime decisions. Are we considering those facts? Well, I respect the fact that Jan said like, yo, I can't knock her as a mum, but as a woman, a woman that he chose to be with, the control and stuff, that wasn't for him. And even when I hear like how young he was when he lost his mum, it kind of makes me feel that he was vulnerable. And people have seen that vulnerability. Just like Sigourney, she's vulnerable with her needs. And people can take advantage of that vulnerability. And this is so important that we know thyself. We heal thyself. And that's you're looking for the love. My oldest son challenges right now at school, not because he's necessarily challenged. I think I'm being more challenged, to be honest. Um, and I really, I was talking to Sue about it earlier. I really have to remind myself that he's still my son. He's still my young son, even though like some stuff he's like, whatever, I'm not about that. You know, today I just took the time that when he was on his way to school to just send him a really nice message to remind him who he was. And when he responded back, love you too. I was like, what? He don't tell me that. But just because he's older, he's and he's getting bigger and he might express or move in a certain way, it doesn't mean that our sons still don't need that love of a mother. It doesn't mean do. that, go on. We do, no matter how old you get, you still, trust me, you're going to need it. Yeah, and I just needed that reminder. I needed to know that, yo, my son still requires that you know, and, I, and I'm still available to give it to him. And I think that 
you know, sometimes because of the abandoned relationships we have in our life or the dysfunction or, or things that happen with our parents, we're looking for love and we don't even know we're looking for it. Yeah, I agree with that actually, Tanya. The thing is, is that I've just got a point. Uh, my point is that the relationship with my mum was very, very strained as a child. Mm. So obviously we didn't have that good relationship. So obviously after that, moving up to Derby and becoming a mother of my now three kids and one angel, um, I didn't get a manual to say, oh, this is how you do it and this is what you have to do and this is how you change your nappy. It was kind of like doing it on my own. But while I was in that relationship with my kid's dad, things started to get very um, twisted very quick. Mm. So, like, he would start being lovely in the beginning, showering me with flowers and chocolates and whatever. And then a year down, maybe a year or two down the line, it started, the relationship started to get very volatile. So, it's, so he started um, becoming very um, abusive, very aggressive, um, and used my vulnerabilities to, like, twist everything. Like, okay, I slapped you today because I didn't like what you did. Wow. Or, or I don't like you wearing that dress because it's too short. Or I don't like the way your hair looks today. Or I didn't ask for the chicken, I asked for fish instead. So just be mindful that when you are in the relationship that there are certain things to look out for. Now, I didn't know what to look out for because my mum never really showed me how to, how to be in a relationship and things like that. And I'm very less trusting with anyone now, so it's quite difficult. So, like, for example, if I met someone now, I, I don't think I would be very comfortable in that relationship now. So my question to you, Tanya, is how would... I, how, my question is how would... Oh, God, it's a hard question. How can I now get into a relationship and feel comfortable and be and my second question would be how do I start trusting people more sorry I know it's a lot no I love that so number one for me is simply understanding that all of life all of life consists of relationships so whether that is relationship with our children, relationship with work, relationship, um, parents, friends, intimate relationships, relationship with self. When you recognize that all of life is relationships, then you have to say to yourself, okay, cool. What do I want from relationships? What do I deserve from relationships? What do I need from relationships? And when you're able to get to that place, now you're able to set some boundaries. Because a lot of us know what we don't want, but we don't know what we want. We don't know what we need. We don't know what we want to create. We don't know what we want to step into. And that's why we're experiencing so much of what we don't want, because we know what we don't want. Many people don't know what they want. When I start coaching people and I say to them, okay, cool, what do you want? They're like, just to feel better than I do today. And I'm like, bro. And it's a process of going through it. For somebody like you, Sigourney, and actually for everybody, this is something I say quite openly. I think that all of us, many people need therapy. And especially in certain cultures, that was a very blouse thing. Like people associate therapy with because something is wrong or counseling because something has happened. No. Therapy is so that you can kind of hear yourself 
You can get to know yourself. You can understand yourself. For me personally, I haven't had any therapy. You know what my therapy has been? People. I observe life. I learn from people. People are my therapy. And I read a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of books. And I put things into practice. That's my therapy. So even if you can't afford a therapist or you don't know what counseling to go to or what coach to find or wherever, invest in yourself. And when you invest in yourself and you start to understand yourself, there's a podcast which I've done, which is 21 Days of Self-Love. If you are in this room and you haven't done it, do it. It's going to undress you. It's going to allow you to get naked. You might cry. You might not even know who you are one day. You might chuck all of your toys out of the pram another day. You might say, yo, I'm not getting any further. But if you actually do it and you ask yourself those questions that I ask you and you actually answer them, I believe your whole world is going to shift. And the reason why it's going to shift is because when you understand that the fact that we're alive today, there's purpose. The fact that we're here in this room, there's a reason why you're listening to this. And so when you start to then look for the good in situations, more good comes to you. When more good comes to you, you become more trusted, you become more confident, you become more courageous. So all of those things, those things that we're battling with, those things that we feel like we don't have a relationship with, they come to us because we've sat with us and we've done the work. So my invitation for you is to take that journey, number one, my inboxes, my number is always available. You can talk to me when you're going through it, when things are coming up, I will help you. But also, and that's for anybody, but also invest in yourself. Start to understand who you are beyond the barriers that we've put on ourselves. And whether the barriers are illnesses, sicknesses, needs, um, abandonment, whatever the issues are, I am telling everybody in this room, you are a whole person within that. Not half a person. You are a whole person. And if you're going to give anything to this world, give your whole damn self. And when you get to that level, you recognize that Right now, I'm attached to people that are going to help me grow. Right now, I'm attached to things that mean this time next year, there is no way I'm going to be in the same position at all. This is where I consciously put myself in positions and places to grow. So I have to trust people. Even the other day, it's as little as some people standing um doing some work for me and asking for passwords. Now I've been burnt in business. People have taken parts of my business and, and, and used it and put their name on it and they were my friends and it was horrible, it was painful. And I was like, it's because I'm too trusting. You can't trust people. No, you can't trust people. People can hurt you. And the universe will keep giving me another opportunity to say, okay, am I gonna trust this time? And it's so hard sometimes because we learn some lessons, right, that we really need to learn so we don't make the same mistakes. But we learn some lessons again and again and again and again until we get them. And sometimes we don't even know what it is that we're supposed to get. But we keep doing the same thing, expecting a different outcome. So we've just got to switch up what we're doing sometimes. 
but where I experience something and I said, yo, I'm not going to trust people. I'm given opportunities to say, okay, people, you can trust people. You can trust people. You can trust people. And it comes with practice. And I get it. A lot of people don't trust people because you've trusted people and you've been hurt. Or like you said, you haven't been taught certain things. And when we're not taught certain things, we have to learn them. But there is just like there really is no manual to parenthood. There is no manual to you being the best version of you. Because you remember that GPS that I was talking about in the beginning, that guidance protection system, that knows who you are. That's guiding you all of the time. And it's an internal voice, it's an internal feeling, it's an internal connection. And when you allow yourself to have that internal connection with you, healthy relationships just come. Trust just comes. But you gotta be willing to be honest and trustworthy within yourself. And let's flip it. Let's start to say that, you know what, if I'm a kind, caring, compassionate, patient, vulnerable, yo, I never would have said vulnerable. But if I'm a vulnerable person, then the world's going to be that with me. But if I want to walk around with a strong suit on and act like, yo, yo, I got my shit together. No one can hurt me. No, I'm, I'm hardcore. Then the world's going to be that way with you. So decide who you want to be and then let the world project that back to you. I could agree with everything you just said. I, I couldn't, me personally, I don't think I would have put that in better words. <laughs> so the most I could say is like, well, following up to what Tanya said, once you find that relationship with yourself, everything else falls into place. And in trusting people, me personally, I don't trust much people, but I still find a way how to trust them. Like I, I, I put everything on a level one a scale. I'll probably trust you uh, uh, a seven. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm gonna love you uh, a five and a half because I know not to give you an eight. You know what I mean? So it, to me, it's all about how you put things. So you know what I mean? You gotta find balance into everything. You know what I mean? You don't have to give your all to someone. They show a little appreciation now and then. Be you show that you trust them, but to a level you don't have to trust them fully to say, Okay, I trust you in my life. <laughs> I love that, I love that, and that's a big plug being you. Sometimes yeah. we try to be everything that we're not to be liked, to be validated, to be loved, and that's where we're getting messed up. When you're just you, those who love you will find you. When you're just you, those things that are for you will come to you. When you are just you, everything that you need is already around you. And that's why I have a big thing where I say we don't need anything because I'm choosing more and more to like me, yo. And when you like you, you'll start to like the relationships around you. Anyone else on the stage got anything to say? Anybody in the audience got anything to say? I'm conscious of time. We've been in here for like two hours, but I've absolutely loved the conversation. I've loved the contributions. I'm loving this journey. And I find that talking relationships is sometimes about two days after this conversation, I'm a little bit sour. <laughs> sometimes it's the next day because it has me rethinking so much things. And 
sometimes we can put a lot of blame or maybe it's not blame, but responsibility on our parents. And being a parent, I absolutely feel the pressure of that responsibility. But I really pray that we all move to a place of recognizing that our parents have done the best job with what they can and what they have, even if it's been painful, even if it's meant abandonment, even if it's meant bitterness, even if it's meant decisions that we would never ever agree with, I just pray that we can move to a place of really accepting they've done the best with what they can and what they have. And sometimes, guys, as their children, we've been called to teach them. We've been called to heal them. And as we do that, we heal ourselves. Don't sleep on your assignment. When you learn to move to a place of unconditional love, you're healing not just yourself, not just your children, not just your ancestors, not just your children's children, but generations underneath you. That's a big responsibility. But I'm willing to say, you know what? I'm going to deal with some things now so my children don't have to and their children don't have to and their children's children don't have to. And it's not easy. It's hard work sometimes. That's the only hard work that I do because I don't do hard work for no other damn person. But I'll do the hard work for myself. I'll do the heart work with myself because I know the results it can bring. And it's important as well that we learn to forgive ourselves. You know, it's, sometimes I think it's so much easier to kind of look outwards and go, I can forgive my parents for this, or, you know, I can forgive my children for this. But forgiving ourselves is the task that a lot of us struggle with. You know, we carry around um, the weight of our decisions. And this is what I'm feeling with a lot of people, especially when it comes to relationships. We're already going into the next relationship with the weight of the previous relationship because it didn't work out and I made this choice and I decided this so we've got to allow ourselves to forgive ourselves and heal and just be open you know I always say God will never put me anywhere that I'm not supposed to be so if I experienced it it was for a reason what can I learn from this how is this growing me you know how, how have I come out a better person after this experience and can I say as well that's a grown decision a lot of us are grown-ups, but we're children. We're children. We act like we don't have choice. We act like we don't get to decide. We act like we don't get to create change. But I just want to tell y'all that there's a bag of grown-ups in here. And maybe one choice that we need to make coming off of this call is to grow up. Is to make some grown decisions is to ask ourselves some new questions and allow the answers to come. Cause that's some grown shit. And apparently we are meant to be out here adulting. <laughs> I haven't signed the contract yet though. I'm still a child. I'm still learning. I'm forever learning and I'm happy to learn. And that's another thing. Some of us have stopped learning cause we think we know all there is to know. And so we live in the limit the limiting 
ideas and we entertain them. And they're lies, a bag of lies. So maybe some of us just need to start telling ourselves the truth and living our truth and being our truth and sharing our truth because it's empowering. Anybody got any final words? It's been a good conversation. Really I have something totally on the subject, but off the subject. So the room that I just came out of, um, they were speaking about black history. And a long story short, um, considering I was, there was a black man and I was the only other black woman, um, they basically came to the understanding that for Black History Month, it's not just black people that are oppressed. So we shouldn't just make it about black people. And um, they said, it's such a grim, um, it's such a grim circumstances, you know, just all this killing and <laughs> so we need to celebrate and just totally. And I just had to find the courage that you speak about because I was gonna just sit down and be, the only black woman in there not say anything and i'm not saying like with everything else it's like oh don't change that because that's how it was for the jews or don't change that because that was how it was for this or don't change that because that was how it was for that and i'm not speaking that we should continue to be oppressed but i'm saying we never created those circumstances and now we have a choice on how we advance and how we make the rest of our our future go and I feel that's the same with people that have been abandoned by their parents, their dad hasn't shown up, or we cannot, the, the kind of role that we get in this scriptural life is now gives us choices. And sometimes those circumstances could be grim. Some could say that they never happened to me, but however, I, I never knew that black history meant, oh, grim history. That's not what it meant. So what is the definition of black? And why are you changing the narrative to suit you? So I just thank you for allowing me to find my voice and have the courage because I had to explain, well, you know, we didn't we didn't create that past. So it's not us just, you know, we didn't create the grim thing and we're not saying to stay in that, but would you tell the Jews to skip over it? Would you tell the Sikhs to skip over it? Would you tell them, you know? And they said, thank you for that point, Christina. So I just thank God for the relationship that I'm having with my word. I thank God for the relationship that I'm having with being courageous and understanding that I create my reality. So when I walk into a room, it lights up because of who I am. And I thank you for showing me that. And I would just share with everybody that regardless of what circumstances that you all have, that doesn't define who you are. And for every shackle, for every one that was lost in that middle passage, let me tell you something. I'm going to make my life be a testimony to their struggle. But it's going to be that I'm going to be victorious in my part that I play to my future and my part that I write. And I am accepting everybody who wants to be on this path. You don't have to be the same colour as me. Do you understand what I'm saying? But it's just like, oh, we're not going to make it black history. Let's make it oppressed people history. Like, what the hell? You know, so, yeah, we've got to play our part. We can't be on the sidelines and saying, look what's happening, look what's happening. We have to be a part of rewriting the narrative. So we got the pen, and the pen is how we choose to live our life. 
I love that. Thank you so much. Um, and it's so on point, it's in alignment. And you know, one thing that I just want to say as a woman, and I pray y'all hear me, what Yan came and spoke about today, if that was a woman speaking, women would have rallied behind and been like, yeah, because that's what men do and da 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 yada, yada, because that is a strong belief system. Some of the things that he's experienced and what he was just honest and open about, men don't have the room to do that. Men don't have the room to be supported through that. Women can take advantage too. Women can be dogs too. Women can be manipulative too. And our group chat's quiet today. The mirror is your best friend. The mirror is a place that I invite people to go to and stay looking in the mirror. I'm able to call myself out and say, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> play with me. And I play dangerously. But I know who I am. I know a bitch when I see one because I can be one. I know a manipulative person when I see one because I can be that. I know a dog when I see him coming because I can be that. I'm not willing to lie to myself. We're quiet. When a man says, yo, I was vulnerable. We're quiet. When a man says, I gave my all and I didn't get it back. We're quiet. No men and women don't even rally behind it. But we wanna sit down and speak about, we wanna support our men. We wanna support them in what? We wanna support them when they support us. Let's talk about it. Are we really willing to support men as women through what they go through? Are we willing? Because I don't think we are. I don't think we're ready. I don't think a lot of us can handle it because it takes a lot. But we're the same women that are bringing them into this world and we're the same women that are raising them. And we're the same women that are planting ideas that men ain't shit inside of them. And we gotta take responsibility, women. We gotta take responsibility. We've got to take responsibility. Change is only gonna come when we're willing to look in the mirror and be honest. And a relationship is a two-way thing. It's a two-way thing. It's understanding. It's good communication. It's honesty. It's mutual respect. And half of us want to date men and we don't even respect them. Yo, that was me. I don't respect y'all. Respect you for what? 
had to talk to myself. And that changed when I had sons. It actually changed when I had sons. Until then, I didn't really respect men. They were pretty much good for one thing. And that was me being honest. That was me being honest. I'm extreme. So some of you lot might have extreme views like I do. But call yourself on your stuff. Call yourself on what you really believe. Not what would look pretty to believe. No, what do you really believe? How are you really showing up? How do you really treat other people? Like really? Do you use them as a tool to take care of your needs? Come on. Because y'all, the women don't want to talk about it. But some of you are out here using them all of the time. And then you wonder why you ain't getting shit. But hey, I'm just passing through to be a sister. <laughs> a real one. Crazy. Crazy how you um, went on like a mad girl just now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I would say that respect for just coming forward and saying that. But you know what I mean? I, I, I can't really sit here and take all the criticism because I'll be real honest as a man speaking to um, a lot of us need to get our shit together. And a lot of, like, I won't say like, it's good that you're getting the fucked up treatment, but a lot of us do deserve it because it's like, I don't even put it, and it's fucked up because I'm bashing myself also. Okay, so we know better, but we tend to still fuck up. Why? I don't know. We could have a good woman giving us everything. Like when I say everything, everything, because I had it before, you know what I mean? My past relationships, yeah, have been fucked up. Yeah, but at the same time, I help fuck up the situation at the same time. You know what I mean? But most of the time, I still always give my all. But I won't, you know, want me like back away from the shit that I've done. Because it's like, we could have it all right there. And we still choose to look different. You know what I mean? We still choose to do, to, um, screw another woman or decide to just take another woman on a date boy and we got everything at home because so we're needy like, yeah we need that that too and it's like uh it's like a i don't know it's like an ego thing with us that we have to score you know it's like we have to keep score and i'm gonna be honest i i 27 i'm young i'm a, I'm a baby you know, I'm used to like, but I came to an understanding just like two years ago that it's like, okay, my my dad ain't like this. You know what I mean? My dad got his flaws, yeah, whatever. But my father respect, like, really, really, really respect women. You know what I mean? And I always told myself like, I want to be better than my dad, but I always want to be that gentleman. You know what I mean? Like, just like he is. So. I always, like, I start watching stuff differently and start viewing things, you know what I mean, like, in both ways, how, what a woman would want and what I would want as a man. So I started to make a change within myself. But at the same time, I, like, this conversation that we have, and now I can't have not, I cannot have this conversation with none of my boys. Because, yeah, you, you already know what the outcome of that will be. Come on. But this is why... 
this con like there's levels that I could go to in this conversation that I believe would make a lot of women uncomfortable because they're just not willing to be that honest. Do you understand? We live in so much perceptions and 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 what we should be and how it could be. So that's why men won't have that conversation with you. But we still go home and we sit with ourselves. And I don't care how much you want to score, keep tally, run up your tab, write your list, because I swear, I used to swear blind men had a list. They had a list, a straight list. I don't care how much of that you want to do, right? There's still something in you that ticks. And that ticking says, you know what? This is wrong or right for me. And until we start being more honest about it, then it's going to be more acceptable. Do you feel me? I want my children to do them, whatever that looks like, right? But I want them to have a relationship with their own parameter, their own GPS, their own like, whoa, is this right or wrong for me? Or am I living this because it's expected of me? Or, oh, this looks good. Or, oh, this is pleasable, whatever it may be. And I think for a lot of us, sometimes for men, they get trapped in that space of expectation, right? From their peers longer than women do sometimes because the pressure is different. But if men ain't stepping up like you are in just, in just being honest, like I, there's a bag of men that I speak to who are telling me all their truths and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, please come on. They ain't coming out here. Because one of y'all might see them and then you might have been the person that's with them. They're not coming on here <laughs> to call their self out. But I don't care to call myself out. Do you want to know why? Because whatever man or person that I choose to be with, they're going to have all of me, honey. So who am I really hiding from? What am I really hiding from? And I just pray that's a level of truth that we all allow ourselves to get to. And it's uncomfortable. I mean, I say a lot of stuff I probably shouldn't say out loud, but I say it. And there's consequences for it. I'm not gonna lie, but there is. It is cool. One day that box is gonna shut and yo, I'ma be smiling. Y'all might not get to see my body, especially if I don't have a wig on. Y'all ain't gonna be seeing me, but I, I'm gonna be smiling in that box. <laughs> what I'm saying is do you, live you, be you and make it worthwhile. It's a wrap, people. I think this has been a deep conversation. I hope it sets in a lot of your guts. I hope it stirs up your stomach. I hope it moves your thoughts in your head. And I, make, I hope it makes your walking be different, your talking be different, your thinking be different. When you come into these rooms, I legit want you to walk out different. If you're coming in here and you're leaving comfortable, then, I, then, then this isn't shake the room. We came to shake the room. And when we're shaking the room, we're going to shake up some stuff in you. And so shout out to everybody that's hosting rooms and shaking the room. And we're having these good, open, honest conversations. I appreciate you. I appreciate this. I appreciate that a little dream I had in my head in 2012 is all coming to fruition. But that's God and that's obedience. And that's just continuing to walk regardless to what. So regardless to what you've been through, allow it to heal you. Keep walking, keep stepping, keep giving, keep being, keep sharing, but most importantly, be you. That's the greatest gift that you can give to the world is you. And in order to be you, you gotta be a little bit like what my brand is called, raw. Take off everything on you, be raw. 
rawest stuff in its purest form. That's why we're called raw. People thought it was because we could get on and dance, you know, of course we can do that, but it's raw. Like, who are you when everything is taken off of you? Who are you? What are you? And keep asking yourself that question until you find the answer and you be the answer and you live the answer and you share the answer. That's where the magic is at. Anybody got final words? I know I keep saying it and then we just ravel and then the spirit looks up at me. But I think it's settled now. My belly's like, you've done your job. <laughs> Lovely conversation. Even better when I'm high. Ah! <laughs> yeah, straight on. This was fucking dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yan, and by the way, guys, Yan is an artist. So, yeah, check out his music. Um, plug your music, yeah. please, Yan. Sorry? Tell us where we can find your music. Uh, you can find my music on YouTube. Just type in Yang Music with a space or SoundCloud, and you'll find everything there. Thank you so much. Cece, you got anything to say, boo? No, I'm, I am on the think and reflect chair, and that is where I'm staying for a hot moment. <laughs> <laughs> I am on the think and reflect chair. That's where I am. Sigourney. Thank you. You've really, like, you made me see that I need to find out who I am. Come on. And I think I'm going to do this coaching session with you because because I, I really don't truly understand who I am. Mm. And, and that's why I think I'm going to stay away from relationships for a while until I find me because I don't even know who I am. So how does anyone else know who I am if I don't understand? Come on. And that's one of the most healthiest decisions. I'm going to do the mirror thing as well, actually. Listen, here's a task for all of you. And see who I am because I don't even know who I am. Go to the mirror, everybody. And I got this from Alicia Keys in her her, uh, meditation series with Deepak. And you want to stand in the mirror naked. And you want to look into your eyes and you want to try and do it for at least seven minutes a day. Do it. Start to hear what you really say about yourself and what you really think about yourself. And do it until you move to a place of love and love alone. And just by doing that process, see what happens. Let me know. Thank you so yeah, much. I'm definitely going to do that. Definitely going to do that. I think that's good. Contact me, Sigourney. I've got coaching spaces at the minute and I'm also doing a course called Elevate, which I feel like you would thrive through. So yeah, message me after the room and I'll give yeah, you the details. I'll definitely, definitely message you because I need to build up my self-confidence and my self-esteem and stuff. So I think that that might help a bit. So. Yes. Yeah. Let's go. Let's grow, boo. Daniela, welcome.
made me really check myself and go, how much time am I getting? And it's just not enough. Mm. And I think this is something that we do as women. A man will be giving. And for us, it's just not enough. Mm. But we'll find fault in everything. Oh, shit. So what? So what? Because I came for you trying to come for me. Is that, is that what no, you're saying? It's just- it just landed in me. This is why I'm sitting on the thing. I'm reflecting. That's where I am. You know when Jan spoke about them expectations, like I said, because I hold myself to such a high account, more time it's not even that people can't do amazingly. It's just not enough. And in the process of breaking people's spirits. I think it's that point where he was like, you know, I come home, I get things set up for her, you know, so she can come home and relax yeah. and chill. And then she's still not freaking happy. <sighs> why can't we just sit at home together? Why can't we do this? Like, why is he not allowed to go out and chill out with his boys? Like, why is that not allowed? And I think a lot of it is because we're, act- you see, this is the, we're not actually happy within ourselves. So we're looking for the happiness to come back. You feel me? From somebody else. Come yeah. on. Oh, guys, let's just take some deep breaths. She was, like, insecure or something. Yep. It's, it's like she, we're looking for happiness to be provided from somebody else. What's it? Like, but, uh, anyway. Jan also made me go to... Jan also made me go to... That level of him looking for his mother in a woman and searching for that level of love and how much times people are seeing things in us which are motherly traits and Mm -hmm. traits that you know they can then rely on and we're confusing the love we have for people we're confusing the love we have for people Oh, Cece. Every man is your man. It's a, Cece, it's another room, girl. Because, you know, that, that that is the point. This is, and, I, and this is why I love that. Yeah, that Jan is my friend, because in our friendship, right, there's a level of love. It doesn't necessarily mean that every person you connect with, you got to connect with. You understand? And sometimes when we're not checking ourselves because we're needy in a certain sense, we're seeing the things that we like. We're observing the things that we like and we're running towards them. But that's not your bag, sis. That's not your bag, bro. And, and then we're mothering, we're mothering our potential husbands. <laughs> Baby, do this. Baby, do that. Oh, my God. We're just a bunch of children. We're just a bunch of children. I've got to that's say, guys, see you next week. Mum's coming for you now.
somewhere spiritually we've been here before. Nation is what carries us, and ship is the carrying vessel, like a ship that carries people or goods. So in order to have a good relationship, you got to know where you want to be carried. So that's like that's like what Tanya said. It's like you're getting on board of something, but you have no idea what your destination is. So you're kind of having the language of, oh, let's just see how this goes. But if you if you ultimately know what you want to kind of experience, then you will attract the relationship that carries you there. So so it's in that word. It's like us not understanding the root of relationship, nation coming from Latin, which means carry. So I'm saying it, it's the choices that we're going to make to carry us through. And all of us can make it on board this great relationship to love land. I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself on it now, decided. Oh, this has been a beautiful, enlightening, insightful, um soul-stirring conversation. 